Welcome to the Kids Music Planet podcast for December 13th, 2009. I'm your host, Lisa Harper. This week, we bring you our interview with Morgan Taylor, the creator of Gustafer Yellow Gold, plus Evelyn's Pick, a song chosen by my eight-year-old daughter, Evelyn. This summer, Monty, Evelyn, and I met up with Morgan Taylor to talk about his latest Gustafer Yellow Gold CD DVD set, Mellow Fever. We're recording now. Recording, recording. This is official. People are listening. <laughs> official, but. People are falling asleep. <laughs> You're going to have to uh, imagine what we look like. My hair is currently on fire. Um, but I like to leave it that way through the duration of the interview. You seem very calm. Yeah, I've learned not to panic from it, you know. Okay. Like, comes from a long, long history of playing music. Okay, Should we, we tell people who we're even talking to? I know, no, no introductions <laughs> or anything yet. Well, uh, we're sitting here and we are talking to Morgan Taylor, um, the creator of Gustafer Yellow Gold, <laughs> <laughs> whom Evelyn is, is cheering. Oh, Evelyn has her little Gustafer here. That's the, uh, Evelyn is holding the uh, 14-inch um, plush floppy Gustafer action figure. It's the boneless action figure series if we've put out. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and uh, Gustafer, okay, well, why don't we start with just a little bit of background information for anybody who might be living in caves and not know who Gustafer is. Uh, who is well, Gustafer well, Yellowgold? Forrest Applecrombie, the pterodactyl, lives in the cave, and he definitely knows who Gustafer is. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be prejudiced toward cave, cave dwellers. dwellers. I, no, that's fine. That's fine. I just don't um, know very much. For many anyone personally. who doesn't know, um, a Gustafer Yellow Gold uh, is a, a solarian, which is the scientific genus, I guess, for um, the, uh, those who come from the sun. And he arrived on Earth probably sometime in 2005. He traveled in his sun pod and he landed in Minnesota and began making friends immediately. And. Um, He's, uh, he's very curious, he's very innocent, and um, we experience Gustafer's life through these songs and videos. We have the live concerts that we do, and every concert is accompanied by the giant screen and moving images. It's kind of like looking through a big picture storybook but with live music. And then um, there's the DVDs that have the music and the video together, and then there's the CDs where you can listen to just the music. All right, let's get to the geeky questions. I love it. <laughs> um, I have to say, I, I've been doing children's music myself for almost 20 years. And I have a certain conception of what makes a children's song. Mm -hmm. a children's song. And I'll, I'll just run through this real quick. Um, I've always thought that if it's uh, music for children, that the, the music itself uh, doesn't matter that much. It could be any kind of uh, genre or any, any kind of style of music but that the lyrics are kind of what make it children's music and that they should be very concrete and present and in the moment and clear, otherwise you will lose them. And you have come along and done almost the exact opposite. <laughs> and it's, you know, it works. So where, where are you coming from? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it is the opposite. It's like almost to the point of, of sometimes being obtuse. But... Um, I think what it is is like when I when I create music, I'm kind of like I'm reaching back to this time in my life when I was probably you know like when you're like six or seven years old and you're kind of you're coming into your creative mind and um, and like all that for me was like 70s soft rock and you know cartoons, Kiss and all these you know like the colorful 70s pop culture that I kind of I'm sort of like chasing with which with all the creation of this and like the feeling that I had as a young kid and I guess I'm not really paying attention to any kind of formula I'm just sort of doing it by my feeling and all this those feelings happen to be like there's some of it is like melancholy and some of it is is silly and joyous and um you know, I mean, some of the songs like you're like you're talking about. I think there are some of my songs are very direct, and like I think like I Jump on Cake is probably one of the most direct ones. 
Yeah. Where Gus was just stating, I jump on cake. Right. From high above, I step on pie. It's so warm and lovely. But then there's other songs where Gustafer talks about his feelings, and he's like, it's, it's almost like uh, conceptual. Right. And he's it's talking very about abstract. Abstract, and, and he's almost, yeah. yeah, he's, which, I mean, the child's mind kind of is full of abstract thoughts. And, you know, it's full of, it's full of learning, and it's full of wonder, it's full of imagination. And I think that's kind of what, what I'm trying to put into a funnel for Gustafer. So when you started writing this music, were you thinking my audience is children right from the get-go, or did you sort well, of come to that somehow? The first batch of songs that I wrote that ended up on the first DVD, Wide Wide, Wide Wild World, um, were all, except for I Jump a Cake, <laughs> written um, in the past, like, the five years leading up to it. Um, it was there were just songs that I wrote for the fun of it. You know, I had a four-track cassette recorder, and I would just wake up every day and record a new song. And um, I did this, I did this kind of creative test on myself to see if I could write a song a day uh, for a while. It was like the summer, uh, and I it was one August. I think Rachel went went away for a month. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna occupy my time. I'm gonna I'm gonna write a song a day, and and actually kind of giving myself that task it opened up and it lifted the walls of what the songs could be about I'm like okay it doesn't you know I had, I had a rock band and I'm like I'm trying to write songs for the band but it doesn't matter if I write a song that's about a dragon today and that's just stream of consciousness here's the thing I like to write funny songs sometimes so today's song is about a dragon and then the next day I wrote a song it was called Tiny Purple Moon and then I had a um you know, a couple of years later, I wrote a song called "Your Eel," and I had a, a pterodactyl song, and it was just all these like songs that were just written for the fun of writing. And I guess that was like a natural place that my mind went creatively was like kind of this cartoon world. And then so it was um, when I started doing Ghost of Her, I realized, like, wait a second, I have all these little funny songs that I have kind of peppered throughout my batch of songs that I've written. And I took all those and I put them through like this sieve, I guess. It's the kind of the, the euphemism I like to use. And when I shake the sieve, the ones that all stood remaining, all the nuggets, I guess, were all the, these cartoony songs. And that's how the, the original realm began. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to answer the question, was that those original songs were not written for kids, but they were all cartoony in essence. So they lent themselves very well to the cartooning in the, my illustration picture drawings. Right, which we haven't, I don't think we've mentioned yet that you're, you are also the illustrator, yes. the artist, and that the visuals, we talked about um, showing the visuals on the screen during the show, um, but that this, this is really an integral part of the music. Yeah, to me, to me the music and the video is meant to be taken in at the same time, uh, because it's like, it's definitely visual it's 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 visually driven. Um, to me, it's like the video. I would release these videos without um, a CD in there. But we started having a lot of people be like, "Well, we, we like the music, but we want to listen to it in the car." And we're like, "Okay, well, we'll have to put out separate CDs." And we we realized like, "Well, well, let's just you know, let's just put the CD in there with it." Yeah, I like the way they're packaged together. You get yeah. you get both. I mean, in the ideal world, I would just be like, "Okay, well, no, it's just a music video." You know, but right. it's sort of like you can't. You so can't we limit. You know, we ended up limiting yourself too much, and it's just like you know. Well, people want the music. They should yeah. Have it, you know? So when you first uh, wrote these, you weren't drawing Gustafer yet. Right. Um, but on the, the yeah. just sort of came together, and now that now like with your third DVD, which is the one we're reviewing here, Gustafer's a well-established character and all his friends, and so now you are now are you writing specifically with him in mind yeah it kind of like as each DVD comes out there's less and less songs that I had already written like for the first one I think it's there's nine songs and eight of them were pre pre Gustafer and on the second DVD Have You Never Been Yellow it's about half and half or not yeah like seven and four seven old ones four new ones and on the on the new DVD I think there's like three old ones and uh, eight new songs that I'd written specifically knowing they're for Gustafer. 
right. which kind of like it's, it's like it was like for me it's like kind of fleshing out the legend of Gustafur and, and like finding out what happened what exactly happened on the day that he came to earth and what was his journey to earth like all these things that I had brushed on just just barely with the previous DVDs and do you get ideas like that from your fans asking questions most actually honestly the most of these songs come from just coming up with a song title like that sounds like a fun thing to write I think I did that with Butterpond Lake um, that's one of the songs on the new DVD where I, I just had a title I'm like okay well Butterpond Lake is a place I know it's a place Gustafer used to live on the sun and that was so I was like okay well I have to write this song because I like this title I gotta complete complete this thought. Same way with Panther Stamps Pants. I had the title first, and I was like, "Well, that's a great song title. I'm just gonna. I have to write that one. That's that's a tongue twister, and it's fun to say." Right. And so, like, well, the pterodactyl is fashion obsessed, so it's probably a pterodactyl song. Because I like to have each, you know, each DVD. I like to have each character have their own song. That one lent it's because it was about clothing, it lent itself to the pterodactyl, which immediately opened up, like, hey, well, this one is easy to write, so I just gotta be like, what was the story about these pants? Right. Right. Cool. Um, so, when you're in the process of writing the song, how are, are you also in the process of making the video in your head? I mean, are, how integral are the two when you're writing? Um, well, I. I write. I finish the song. I finish the lyrics, and then before I start drawing it, I I have a notebook that's full of storyboards. It's just a you know, uh, you know, lined, you know, ring binder paper spiral notebook, and I just kind of sketch out. I you know I, I basically what I do is I for every drawing is about two two lines of lyrics, so I I. I, I had the lyric sheet and I separated out okay these two lines is frame one this, these two lines is frame two and I go through and I'm like okay well 24 to 28 images is like the maximum per song some of them I can get away with like we have like tw only 12 images or like on the, there's a new song that on, called Quite Easily Lost on the new DVD so I think it's only 8 images but a lot is happening in each image so, so it's lyrics so I, first lyrics, and so yeah, lyrics and music first lyrics. Yeah, lyrics and music first so I have the song complete and then I will draw at the storyboards so I have the image so I have each pair of lyrics each couple lines represented by an image and I draw that out and sometimes I'll if the image makes me have to change a word or two in the lyrics so that it kind of matches better uh -huh. um, I'll do that but yeah, I was, that's what I was curious about because when you watch the DVD, you get you get so much more information visually that sort of lets you know what's going on in the song. Yeah, and that I guess when you write the lyrics, you're leaving room for that somehow. Right, I, I and thought maybe you had images in your head while you were writing. But. That kind of um, yeah, I do. I when I'm writing, I I get images that come up in my head. But I think it also relates back to the one of your earlier questions where you're talking about like the the concrete imagery in kids music mm -hmm. and you know having it be about it's about it needs to be about something the kid knows you can relate to it instantly in their current life on earth yeah. <laughs> um, but I think with my approach is sort of like okay well going around in the world as a very young kid you're like you're trying to make sense of everything and like you, you know you don't understand everything you see or everything everybody says so you're doing a lot of kind of like filling in the blanks right. as a child and I think that is what the Ghost for Videos do because there, I do leave a lot up to the imagination. There's like, there's, you know, because there's only 16 to 20 pictures in this three minute song, there's a lot of blank filling in that your mind has to do, which I think is part of the reason that it, um, that maybe people like it. I don't know. Yeah, it's I mean, almost meditative watching them because yeah. they're. The, there's not there's motion to them, but there's not a lot of motion. I like the yes. way you describe it as a moving picture book. Yeah, it's really kind of what it is. Yeah, and that kind of that came out like, as opposed to a movie or a cartoon. Right, that came about by accident because it, it it was a book at first, and 
we took the the flat images that I had written, that I drawn for the first few songs, and then we started animating them. And it's because they were like static, single drawings that it kind of achieved its original feel of being storybook. So, and we liked that, so we kind of kept it throughout. Yeah, it's great. So, we've sort of touched on this, but uh, it, it seems to me like Gustafer's like the perfect character to represent these songs and to represent the, the child listening because he's from the sun and so everything on earth is new to him. And you yeah. were talking about how kids are trying to make sense of things. He's trying to make sense of things. Right. And that almost just opens it up to you could write about any weird thing that pops in your head. That's that. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's so fun. Yeah. It's sort of like I just come up with a song title, and it can I can make it about anything, you know? Yeah. Oh, I got to ask about uh, in the live show, your drummer. He's sitting on this wooden box. Yes. And these sounds are coming out of it that are, are they, it sounds like a drum kit. Right, right. It's just slapping the side of the box. What, how it's, does that thing work? It's <laughs> called a cajon. Uh, it's, a, it's a wooden box. Uh, it's like, what, like 20 inches tall and like 12 inches deep. It's, it's a hollow box and it's got a hole in it. And inside are like snare springs, like from a snare drum. Yeah. So if you hit one part of the drum, it's like a bass drum. It almost gives you that whoop, like that boom from like a kick drum. And then if you slap it a little bit towards the center, you rattle the the spring metal springs inside, so it sounds kind of like a snare drum. So it's kind of like a it's like a whole drum kit in one box. I've never seen one of those. Really? That, yeah, they're, I think they're becoming more popular. You know, I think like the the dudes on American Idol. Like the the band when like the when they come around in the little acoustic circle like you'll see them playing a cajon. We don't no, we're not. Well, those who do, I don't either. I don't either. No, I I saw an article about that show one time. <laughs> uh, it's okay. You can watch American Idol. No, I um. May, or either friends that watch. Or maybe there maybe cajons have been around for longer and just because now I now my drummer plays one in the Gustaver band that I'm like oh, hey sort of like when you when you buy a Pinto. Yeah, uh, whatever you realize car you everyone buy, else is driving you realize everyone else has one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. We exhausted the geeky I think, questions. I no, think I, I love geeky it. questions. Do you have any more? Uh, we Talk may about run capos. We <laughs> do you use capos in your. <laughs> I use capo on every song. Do you use alternative tunings and. I use. I do. I use it. Well, I tune my guitar to E flat when it's mm-hmm. open. It's just E flat. But the silly thing is, I never play it up. <laughs> So I do I do silly stuff like I, okay I have a guitar tuned to E flat but then I play songs with a capo on the first fret. I'm like why am I doing this? It just kind of happened. <laughs> now I'm asking my own geeky questions like that. Okay. But um, I love you. I, okay. I love using capos and and I've actually had I've really painted myself into a corner because if if I ever forget my capo I literally can't play at the show. It's just like how to, how to, on earth because it's like capo and then I use all of these open chords with capo and so it's like it's a real crutch but you know sonically it, it it's so for it those creates bright open strings all over the neck so it's nice. Well, was there a particular song that the capo made uh, gave a particular sound? A particular uh, song that comes to mind? Oh, I like getting in a treetop. Um, I tune I tune down the high E. E flat down to D flat, and then I cape it on the sixth fret, so it has just kind of this open chimey. Um, most of the strings that are open because of the capo form the chord, and then I just do this little one-fingered run down the neck, and that that makes like the main progression of that song. And I think it's because of the capo that song really has the sound that it does as far as the guitar goes. Shrub away. 
applause, they're hissing as they sway. Sunpod was the was the one of the tricky ones from this record because uh, it was like it, there's most of the songs that I do and most of the visuals I have there's always like jokes throughout but this one in particular is one of the songs that's kind of just like it's like the sad one on the record um, and it's the song about Gustav's journey from the sun to Earth it's about him leaving the sun making the choice to say goodbye to his old his old dog Ray, saying goodbye to his his folks and his brother, and making the big leap of faith of going to a new life on Earth. Swelter is, I um, uh, that was my kind of my ex expansion character piece about Gustafur, and I, I knew that you know since he was from the sun, he's probably warm to the touch, and I imagined that he had an adjustment period where it's like okay, I got to be careful because I'm just going to burn through everything I touch, and um, realizing that he had this ability, that by the end of the song he learns to control his heat and use it for good, um, kind of, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Right. And you can use it to save a turtle from a frozen block of ice, or you can use it to pop your own popcorn in your hand. If you're just tuning in, there are some things you need to know. One of us has hands as warm as pan, hot, flat jerk. It's a curiosity, and often quite a show. Many here consider standing back From the melter, the melter Yellow warming swelter Melter, swelter In our town One cracking white December day He stepped out to the yard All surprised with wide eyes He would not have him Comes a time when you and I may not know what to say Sometimes being silent is okay The melter, melter Yellow molten swelter Melter, swelter
Lake is Christopher's old fam- favorite family vacation spot. Um, it's where they used to go to, you know, hang out on the beach, and um, we get to see what a bit of uh, what nature is like on the sun. We get to see some of the wildlife, like the darkening bugs that are like they're like lightning bugs, but they're the opposite. They make little patches of blackness. And there are the the backwards sneezing beetles. The, the, they travel. The only, their only means of travel is by sneezing, and it scoots the beetle backwards, and that's just how it gets around. There's like the uh, the, the equivalent of a dragonfly on the sun, and there's um, you know the, you see some sun plant life. You get to see the actual body of water of butter. It's not water. It's it's more like boiling boiling butterscotch, and. Um, Obviously, it doesn't burn solarians because they're they're used to the heat. My kid's song about social anxiety. <laughs> Through the life, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's um, uh huh. <laughs> it's about it's about uh, it's, there's a creature that lives under the ground. It looks kind of like a ferret, maybe kind of a weasel. Some people call her a feasel. Her name is Wincy, and she's a huge, huge Gustafer fan, and she's uh, pretty nervous about going out to meet him. Um. She's more comfortable kind of keeping to herself in her underground lair. And um, one day she's hanging out underground and she hears Gustafer outside. And so she sticks her head out of the hole and then she chickens out the last second. And and so she kind of lives in this little fantasy world of like all these things that she's going to do with Gustafer one day. You know, go on a boat ride, feed Gustafer a pile of sugar. Maybe marriage is in the future, but then she's too afraid. And this song is also one that you had some special guest musicians. On. Yes, yes. Uh, I two guys from Wilco, my friends John Stewart and Pat Sansone, are on that song. Pat plays the harpsichord, and John and Pat sing these harmony vocals. Actually, I sent them. They, we did this uh, via email. <laughs> they, uh, I sent them the tracks and I said, make it sound like Cosby Stills Nash Harmonies. And, uh, and so they did, and they sent it back, and it was perfect. Gonna buy some flowers, put them on the table, and put a brighter light bulb in this room. Buy some flowers, put them on the Table, come alive again, and come to life
till tomorrow morning. Cause too much of today's already been. Have to wait until tomorrow morning to come alive again. And come to life again. Panther stands, Panther. I did touch on that yes. one. Right. It's about the it's a it's the pterodactyl song. It's about uh, him lamenting the loss of his favorite pair of pants made that were made out of the finest corn silk and postage stamps. And they get struck by lightning one night. And so the song is him remembering <laughs> what it was oh like my goodness. to to have his life with these pants still intact so we get to see a bit of his uh, his life with the pants as we talk about his feelings of having lost them. No dry eyes today, so much I need to say. Oh, my panther stamps, pants are gone away. Safe out on the line, I dry them all the time. Oh, my panther stamps, pants are gone away. Panther pants can't have gone away. When I see the ghost of their past, no, I never last. I can't erase all the ache, it won't leave me fast. Used to spend the day folding shirts, boiling eggs, but my panther stamps pants are gone away. Matched my satin vest, flattered all the rest. Oh, my panther stamps, pants are gone away. My panther pants can't have gone away. Stars. Actually, that's it's an, that is one of the songs that was an older Morgan Taylor song. Um, it was just one of the, I guess, imaginative, kind of fun, otherworldly song. But the lyrics lent themselves to this underwater experience. And I'm like, okay, well, Slim the Eel is from the lake. And so I made it about Gustafur um, getting, getting a chance to see what Slim's old neighborhood was like Slim the eel. So he goes down and it's kind of this little, it's this kind of uh, soft and spacey underwater life with like the coral reef and these glowing stars. And it's sort of like it's kind of a mellow journey through Slim's old neighborhood. Come on down and hold your breath. It's dark now. You might need to hold your nose to stay down See my underwater stars dancing through their halos They wrap around me like my true love So many white balloons We're floating Like a night light in your room It shows no monster See my underwater stars Laughing through their halos They wrap around me Like my
easily lost is it's the the expansion character piece for Sisson the worm who we first meet in the first DVD uh, in the song Tiny Purple Moon that's when she makes her first appearance and this was uh, we get to under- learn a little bit more about Sisson's character and she's uh, she's got a simple life she always gets lost and can't find her way um, and that's what that song's about and you had another oh yes that one uh, yes that one is, has Lisa Loeb singing background vocals with me um, I met Lisa actually I met Lisa a long time ago in 1996 when one of my band a band I was playing bass in opened up for her on her tour that she was doing in Canada in 96 during her it was kind of her height of, of when she had her big hit single and um and so yeah so she had a uh she had come to a couple of customer concerts and we kind of reconnected through that and I said hey you want to you want to sing on on the song and she was like yeah sure I'd love to and so so she sang on that song and then and then we actually we worked on a couple other songs together that are stuff that may or may not appear somewhere but we kind of established a relationship through that and, and it was great she did a great job and she sounds awesome and really I like her it's fun the saucer fits beneath the car and daffodils are pointing up I know it may be simple but I've always been quite easily about this little ant that has strayed from the pack and made its way into Gustafer's kitchen and Gustafer befriends the ant and, and, and has these kind of philosophical thoughts about the ant and realizes that as much as, it, as he enjoys the ant's visit in the house that he realizes that the ant doesn't belong to him and the ant indeed should go back to the army he's outside waiting was an errand, and I came to know When she saw me, she put on a show With only one crumb in her row So fascinated A salty square, she learned to float And then softly she stood on some dough And seemed to forget all she knows Complicated As April came down from above Expanding the meaning of love Exactly the opposite of Cold and Don't belong only to me The army is where you should 
now they're waiting You know, these songs are, I think there's, there are a lot of kind of conversation topics that you can have with kids based on some of like what these songs are about because you know on, on, it's like you were saying earlier it's like the songs aren't super obvious on the surface really what they're about because like, each song is just kind of a glimpse into a moment in Gustafer's day you know it's like that song is like a little, just a little short two minute song about this ant that happened to wander in and get crumbs of the Cheez-Its that Gustavo was pounding on the table which is a cross-reference to the song Punching Cheese from the second DVD and I like to have all these little cross-references to kind of form this entire world right so definitely there's it, it's very simple but it's not simplistic and right. uh, you know on on multiple viewings you pick up lots of details that you miss the right. time around and right. you can sort of make those connections and kids love to do that too. yeah say, that's that's he did that in the last that, that's a connection <laughs> right yeah, right excited when they notice yeah. something like i kind that. of like yeah when i'm making this mm-hmm. making that stuff i kind of think of like that's the kind of stuff i love to see so i'm like i have this chance to like do it all the time so like i cross-reference other customer songs in new songs and there's stuff that I have cross-referenced in the first two DVDs for of stuff that's coming later, much much later, in Gustafer's adventures. Wow, so you're planning ahead already. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, Greenheart. Greenheart is a song about. Um, it's kind of. I guess you could say. A song about behavior. A song about kind of like how your behavior affects other people and how sometimes you may not even realize that your behavior, behavior has changed and you're kind of being undesirable. Definitely, it's actually one of the first kind of conflict experiences that Gustafer has. There's a lot of internal conflict because Gustafer finds this, it's almost like, I guess it kind of looks like a little piece of kryptonite in the heart shape, that's what it looks like. And it makes Gustafer start going wild. It makes him misbehave, and he goes and he punches all of the pterodactyl's cheese, and it makes him uh, act silly, and it actually makes other characters kind of annoyed at him. He, he goes and he uh, goes to the forest, and he starts scamming these frogs out of their money, playing three-card Monty. <laughs> and he realizes that this, this thing is doing him no good, so he gets, has to get rid of it by the end. Some people could say it's about like sugar, the effects of sugar. Like this sugar is making me into yeah, sugar. Jerk. Always makes me get out the three card Monty table. Yeah, the three card right. Monty log and scam these frogs out of their hard-earned frog cash. Yeah, frogs need to avoid me when I'm on sugar. Yeah, so it's you know it's kind of showing about sugar or anything that makes you misbehave, um, and it's kind of yeah, it's a behavioral study. my tree glowing like a birthday cake he came on like a dream he's my green heart I put it on tried it out I wore it on the town to show my friends and neighbors that they are thrilled Constellation Pies is, it's kind of the grand finale 
It's. I love this. I, can I just jump in? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I love the way this song works because you get you get a musical theme from each of the previous songs right in the middle. There you go. It's very and and this is what we were talking about the the self self referential stuff. It, yeah. yeah. This ties it up really nice. Yeah, I wanted Beautiful. to kind of have like kind of this overture where Gustafer is is kind of he's get, at the end of the DVD he's kind of giving in to nature he's like laying on the grass looking up at the dark dark night sky with all the stars and being like oh my gosh this is beautiful which he never experienced from the sun right being from the sun he never had darkness so he's he's just like he's laying in the grass just staring at the sky and his breath is taken away and so as he's staring the video you start basically you see his entire adventure that he's had up to this point in this DVD all every every song that you see every video has a constellation the element that represents that thing like the eel and the star come in and, and the blue worm from the quite easily lost comes in and while you see each uh, group of constellation each constellation image the the melody from that song comes in for a couple of bars on the French horns and then vanishes as the next image comes in the next melody comes in it's kind of like this I just had the idea of doing it and I'm like how am I going to pull this off so I had my French my, my bass player Robbie who um, he plays bass on the live shows and he plays French horn on the recordings um, I'm like I told him about how, what I wanted to do and so we kind of spent I think it, it took a couple recording sessions to do it all but basically ended up like creating a couple of more bars of music because we ended up with not enough time to get all reference all ten melodies of all ten songs in the video. So it was kind of a puzzle like puzzle piece putting it together. Puzzle. And we ended up doing it and it's sort of like he used a different tone in the horn for each song and he kind of like he's very good and very versatile French horn player like some of the melodies he puts his fist inside the horn makes it almost like a muted trumpet sound and um and I had the strings on the album are all real from this from a string some string players and um I kind of wanted to it's, I mean it is perhaps you could it's almost self-indulgent because I just want to kind of see how how lush and how 70s soft rock I could get <laughs> and it kind of it does create this That's kind of great. a dream it's almost like a dream sequence where you're taken through the entire duration of the DVD in like two minutes never noticed what the night was for never knew what all of us was for but now I'll never turn my back it's all about the closing act Now my simple heart is wrapped In boats of velvet black
So, and uh, I assume you're not still recording on a four-track cassette. No, yeah. no, oh. I have like a, <laughs> I just have my two-channel inbox Pro Tools thingy. So I'd sit at my computer and do it. And so record. you did record this at home, though. Yeah. Yep. I recorded all awesome. myself and, and um, you know, with like you know, like with the cool. people that I had play extra stuff. There was some like off-site recording done, and um, like the drums. Like the songs that have full drum kits, we went to Robert's house and we recorded the drum kits, and then I brought them back home and just worked on it myself and played the bass and awesome. guitars and everything. So. <laughs> so what's what's next for Gustafur yeah, Yelagol? What's in the future, future for plans? Uh, well, we're we're working on um, what we hope will eventually be like like a it's the Gustafur TV episodes. Um, it's gonna be. Little mini Gustafur adventures based around each song, and we we have you know since there are thirty, approximately thirty Gustafur videos, songs, now we have kind of like the first thirty episodes worth of vi- videos made. So now we're we're working on writing little little tiny plot narratives to kind of go around each video. So will Gustafur have a voice then? No, no, he still won't. No. It'll be it'll be narrated uh, um, adventures. We're gonna keep the storybook feel. Like we decide, like whatever we do, it's gotta maintain the same feel as what we've already been putting out, so that it stays. It stays true to what Gustopher is. You know, any any time Gustopher says stuff about himself, it's always through the lyrics of the songs, and that's my voice. So I, I don't. My Gustopher's voice is not Morgan's voice. It's it's just Gustafur and I don't know if he spoke if we would understand him because I think he speaks Solarian which like so everything I'm singing is translated into English through my singer songwriter dude voice right (laughs) (laughs) how's that that's even geekier I want to say a big thank you to Morgan Taylor he took the time out of his lunch break to record this interview and it was such a delight to sit and visit with him for more information about Gustafur Yellow Gold, please visit www.gustafuryellowgold.com. Now, it's time for Evelyn's pick. Hey, peoples. Hi, Evelyn. The song you chose this week is kind of special, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What was that? Disco! <laughs> she did some kind of arm movement there. I don't know. <laughs> That's a disco arm move, but I don't think the song is disco. We need to save disco. that for the video podcast. <laughs> oh, sorry. What is disco? <laughs> I guess we'll find out next show. What makes you think we're playing disco? See, you know the, um, I the guess we'll play next show. Evelyn, you know the Kung Fu fighting song? Yeah. That's disco. Is The Bee Gees. Oh, that's the closest to anything we own. Ouch. Okay, anyway, disco okay. and kung fu. I don't know where disco came from because this song has nothing to do with disco. That's my happy Evelyn dance. Oh, that's your happy Evelyn disco dance. Yeah. Okay. And what are you happy about? I'm in the sun. I'm in the sun. <laughs> How did you get in the song? It's Daddy's song. You should know that. I know that, but do you think everybody else knows that? (laughs) We're trying to tell the the people out there about it. We are? Yes, that's why we're asking you these questions. These are called leading questions. (laughs) (laughs) You do that. Let's let's talk about it. Tell them about the song. Normal voice. It's about girl who has the same name as me. I think it's about me, right? Mm. Writing a book. And it starts out like this. Her dad got up one Saturday 
and win to check on Evelyn. I'm not going to spoil the rest or you won't be able to um, enjoy the song. I'm going to keep them in suspense ha! until they hear it for themselves. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And what do you mean when you say you're in it? You mean the girls have yeah, Evelyn, the girl in the Evelyn. song has the same name as you? No. No. What? There's more to it than that, isn't there? I sing in it. You sing I it. sing in the song. I sing in the song. Hooray! You're not. You're not you're not proud of that or anything, are you? <laughs> no, no karate chops in the studio, please. Fully. Yes, I'm proud of it. <laughs> As well, I you should. I could tell. I could tell. Did a everybody, everybody who hears it says, "Oh, she has such a cute voice." Hmm. Okay. So, do you want to introduce it or shall I? From this studio to the big CD, I bring you, don't look, I'm making a book by Monty Harper and Evelyn Harper and Mr. Billy. Her dad got up one Saturday and went to check on Evelyn. He found her in the middle of a scrap heap on her bed. And when she saw him at the door, she dove to cover something up. He asked her what she had to hide. She turned around and said, I bet you can't wait till I'm ready to read it to you. By afternoon, her floor was piled with pencil stubs and paper balls. She cut and wrote and wadded up. She worked all through the night. And every time her parents came with trays of food or beverage, they heard a repetition of the rhyme she would recite. Don't look, don't look I'm making a book My illustrations are colorful creations of paper and glue My story is oh so clever This is gonna be the best book ever I bet you can't wait till I'm ready to read it to you On Monday morning, six o'clock Her mother came to wake her up the door was blocked from opening by an eight-foot paper wall. She ran to dial 911. The firemen chopped the door away. All day they dug for Evelyn, but never heard her call. Evelyn's parents were sobbing for fear she might never be found. Firemen dug into the night without taking a rest. Then one joyful shovel broke through to the cavity under her desk. A pale face peeked out and voiced this request. Don't look, don't look I'm making a book My illustrations are colorful creations of paper and glue My story is oh so clever This is gonna be the best book ever I bet you can't wait till I'm ready to read it to you I hope you've enjoyed the music on this week's podcast. 
please visit our website at kidsmusicplanet.blogspot.com where you'll find this week's show notes, past episodes, and purchase links to all our featured music. I would like to say happy holidays from my family to yours. Monty, Evelyn, and I will be back in 2010 with new episodes of the Kids Music Planet podcast. Until then, thanks for listening.